every day you're facing into different challenges. So how do we help leaders to effectively bounce back in those challenges as well as they can? So they've really got strength in their resilience, um, but also then how they in turn support across organizations. So the whole business has got a good sense of bounce back ability and resilience. Welcome to the Payroll Podcast, the show that explores the latest insights and innovations in the world of payroll. I'm Nick Day, founder of JGA Recruitment, a specialist global payroll search firm. I'm also a qualified executive coach and a recognized Reward 300 member. And my goal for this show is clear, is to bring you expert guests and payroll leaders who are driving this industry forward. From cutting edge technologies and trends to compliance, analytics, automation, leadership strategies, and more, we're gonna cover it all on this show to help you to deliver accurate and timely payrolls across your organizations. So let's join together in raising the strategic profile of payroll worldwide. Grab your coffee or your favorite beverage, and let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Payroll Podcast. My name is Nick Day, CEO at JGA Recruitment Group, Specialist Payroll Recruiters. And today I'm joined by Nabelle Crowhurst, who is Chief People Officer at Reward Gateway. Now, Nabelle has more than 15 years experience supporting the people agenda within various organisations, including Virgin and River Island. And she has extensive experience delivering great employee experiences to create workplaces that enable employees to thrive. And with the role of payroll becoming more and more immersed in the world of employee experience, I thought it'd be great to welcome Nabelle to the Payroll Podcast to educate all of you on the success leaders can enjoy once they discover more about the world of benefits and how they can impact on employee attraction. And of course, perhaps more importantly, retention. Now, Nabelle was recognized in the 2021 and 2022 HR Most Influential List and as a fellow CIPD and LPI as well. And for those more interested in knowing more about Reward Gateway, well, they're a leading global employee engagement technology company that help companies engage, motivate and retain people every day all over the world. They partner with over 4,000 companies in 23 countries. They empower more than 6.5 million employees to connect, appreciate and support one another to make the world a better place to work. They've got leading clients, including Unilever, American Express, Samsung, IBM, McDonald's, and more. So there's lots to get into today, but without further ado, welcome Nabella Fohurst to the Payroll Podcast. How are you feeling today? Thanks, Nick. What an intro. Thank you. I'm feeling great after hearing that. It's great to hear. My guests feel welcome. I'm going to now make you feel more uncomfortable by asking my first question, which is this. What does the word payroll mean to you? Yeah, good first question to start, given we're on a payroll podcast. Um, Also, um, interesting one for me, because I'm not what I would call a payroll expert. I'm here to share things uh, more broadly. But payroll for me um, is very much about making sure that we get the core foundation um, of what we do to support our people in organisations, which is essentially pay them, pay them on time and pay them correctly um, and make sure that they've got the right um, set up around um, tax and those kind of things. So for me, some of the great work that we do in HR is more broadly around employee experience. But if we don't get the core foundation of paying people right, then we may as well not bother with the other stuff. Right. So um, <laughs> that would be my first thought. I mean, that's a pretty good start. I think it says to me, you know, more about payroll than perhaps you let on. I think something that's really important, and if people are wondering where we're going to take this direction of today's show, it, it's about the relationship really between financial wellness, employee wellness, 
and how actually with the cost of living going up and the cost of living prices that we're suffering at the minute, we now know that payroll can play a fundamental role in that employee experience in supporting employees, particularly in relation to things like financial well-being. So I guess before we get into the nitty gritty of, of you know, what World Gateway can do and, and perhaps some of the stats that I know you've come prepared with, I wonder if you could just bring to life a little bit more about why we should be considering financial well-being now as being a critical component of employee wellness in the workplace. Yeah, for sure. So um, I think for some time now, we've talked about the importance of overall well-being in organisations, but perhaps not emphasised financial well-being. But the reality is, if we don't focus on financial well-being, given where we're at in terms of the cost of living crisis and the challenges that we're all facing um, on a day to day basis with our um, our money not stretching as far as it has done in the past. If we don't focus on financial well-being, we're actually having a direct impact on people's mental health and mental well-being and, and no doubt actually holistic health. So physical health and, and overall emotional health. So organisations that have got a well-being focus, um, that's a great starting point, but really emphasising um, the financial Financial well-being piece is really important. Um, and when we look at our trends report and the data that we've got from that, we were able to see that 70% of employees cited that they had um, long-term mental health um, impacts from the cost of living reports. So that's a really high number of people. Um, and so we know that we've got to make some level of difference in the way in which we're supporting people and enabling them to uh, make their money go as far as possible to reduce some of that stress and that mental impact. Fantastic. And in the world of payroll in particular, with there's lots and lots of uh, noise and, and, and promotion about on-demand pay or, or you know, earned, earned access to pay and things like that. And it's kind of seen as being a panacea, as being the thing that we need to do to improve financial wellness. But of course, it goes, it's much broader than that as a subject area. So without talking about on-demand pay as much and how that is the, the, uh, the only thing we can do to improve financial wellness, as the cost of living crisis does continue, what are some of the other things that payroll professionals could start to think about to to improve financial wellness, things they can do for their employees on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, I think you need to think a bit creatively. Um, and sometimes you can come up with things internally that really don't cost a great deal to be able to put in place to support people. Sometimes it might take a small amount of investment. I think what's really important is listening to your people in the organisation to understand what's going to help them them and um, sometimes we can run away with ourselves in HR and think we know all the answers and just throw things out of people and and them um, and think that that's going to be um, exactly what they need um, and we don't necessarily take the time to go out to our, our people and our organizations and say um, what's what do you want what do you need and how that's going how is that going to help you best um, and we know that without um, focusing on this people's work is is going to be is going to be impacted so you know you might be able to say some really low cost, simple solutions might be leaning on knowledge that you've already got in your organisation. We've all got financial expertise in our businesses. Um, and whilst um, it might take a bit of time um, to throw at a solution, it doesn't necessarily need to take um, budget and cost. So leaning on financial knowledge in your business to perhaps do some knowledge sharing, some simple lunch and learn type um, offerings so that people can understand a bit more about um, basic financial skills um, doesn't cost a lot and just takes a bit of time to put in place. So your kind of low cost, simple solutions to um, to get started, I think, is a, is a good a good place to be. Um, what you can also do is sometimes lean on 
already established partnerships so for example if you have got an outsourced payroll provider do they offer support and guidance and perhaps can they um run some short sessions on um information that's financial that employees might benefit from again just takes a bit of time probably doesn't take a great deal of um, budget to be able to do that um, and so looking at where you've got support from already established um, partnerships third-party providers that might be able to do a little bit more to support your employees could be really helpful um, from a reward gateway perspective specifically one of the things that we do to support organizations is um, put in place discounting um offerings so um, for a small investment for an organization and when I say small I guess small in comparison to perhaps doing a, a wholesale pay increase at the rate of inflation um, what you could put in place is a discounting platform um, so that employees can have um, discounts on their day-to-day -day spending so their groceries and um, the things that they need um, regularly right the way through to um, things that they might have as, as treats, sort of clothes and holidays and all those kind of things. But a discounting platform can make a huge difference. And um, organisations that have employees that utilise our platform, people save on average around £500 a year on some of the things that they're able to utilise um, the discounting on. Um, so, you know, there's a variety of options. Um, it may well be borrowing options. So people can have a way in which they've got um, a mechanism to borrow a small amount of money in those real moments of need. Um, the washing machine breaks, the boiler breaks, you haven't got that spare cash to be able to pay for something quickly. So there are organisations that you can partner with as a business to have those borrowing options in place to take that pressure away from people. Um, but essentially, it's really understanding what is the landscape of your workforce? What do your people truly need? What's going to make a difference to them? Is it education? Is it access to cash? Is it discounting? And then creating a portfolio of things that are going to help people the most, um, given where they're at in the context of your business. Yeah, nice. I was quite interested to hear the, the stat you gave, which is the average employee sort of says £500 over the course of a year on groceries and discounts that you guys provide. Actually, if, you, if you've got a payroll department that's payrolling a thousand employees, the economy of scale then, it's a half a million, it, it soon adds up. And it says sometimes the smaller things that payroll professionals can get involved in or implement or bring in-house work with your HR teams to look at potential solutions, actually the impact of that can be significant. And I talk a lot about turning payroll into a profit center. You know, it can it can be profitable. I know we pay a lot of money out, but if we do the right things, spot the right trends, actually it can have a huge impact on employee retention and the cost of that employee attraction and the cost of that and things like that 500 pound saving and how that, that can really, um, I guess, magnify in terms of its success. I know you've obviously run a recent report. We're going to talk a little bit about that today as well. Um, by all means, bring it to life for the listeners. For those who aren't familiar, we're going to put a link in the show notes for those who want to access it as well. But in some of the analysis and some of the studies you've been running, with the cost of living crisis continuing, how have you seen it impact and affect employees? Yeah, so one of the things that came out of the report, uh, we've talked about um, the impact on kind of long-term mental health, but also people calling out how that's affecting their work. So 57% of people said that um, the cost of living crisis is regularly impacting their ability to do a good job and impacting their work. So if you then think about that as productivity in your organisations, if you've got a workforce of people that their minds 
are um, distracted by the stresses of life and what's going on from a cost of living perspective, that is going to have an impact on productivity in your organization. So again, it goes back to if you invest in um, supporting people with how they um, are able to manage their money more effectively, you're in turn taking away some of that stress in turn reducing the impact on negative productivity and and then the performance of the business so it all correlates um so you kind of need to think smart about where you put your efforts and investments to know that you're going to have that impact on how people are feeling in the workplace um so i, I think it's a really important space for us to be focusing on in hr and more broadly in organizations yeah, nice. So I've got to ask you a question because your background is obviously embedded in the world of HR at a senior level. You now work, you know, with, with Royal Gateway, you've, you're fully immersed now in the world of, of benefits. We talked a little bit about how the cost of living crisis is impacting employees. But with your expertise and your knowledge of working with payroll leaders, either reporting into you or in, in other previous businesses as well, if there was a payroll leader listening to this, what kind of things could they do if they came to someone like yourself as an HR leader or CEO to start moving the needle in the right direction to supporting employees? What are the kind of questions they can be raising? How can they approach their senior HR leadership teams um, to try and improve this experience for employees? Yeah, I guess when you start to think about things um, kind of more commercially in terms of business impact, the the area that you can really lean into to know that you're having a, a direct correlation between um, kind of cost impacts and um, um, bottom line of the business is is retention of your people across the organization so if you've got a high labor turnover that's costing you a fortune yeah. um, and there's lots of evidence out there that demonstrates the um, kind of average cost of turnover per percentage of employee um, it does vary so if you look into that research you'll see different scales of percentage that people would suggest um, my recommendation there is if you're able to do a piece of short analysis internally to work out what your general um, cost of labor turnover is by percentage it's well worth doing because when you roll that up and you look at your labor turnover and then you turn that into cash it's massive it can it can roll into the millions yeah. so if you're thinking savvy and you look more broadly and say okay we can demonstrate that our labor turnover is at 18% and what that translates into is x amount of million pounds off the bottom line if the things that we deliver support people more effectively and reduce that labor turnover we can have an impact on um sort of saving costs i think cfos ceos um coos they're going to stand up and listen to that they're, they're going to pay attention because essentially what they're looking for is is the financial business performance metrics that are really really important for for business success um so so that would absolutely be a starting point what do those labor turnover figures look like um, and how can we reduce those to then reduce cost across the business Absolutely love that response to the bell, and particularly because the world of payroll now, you know, with, with automation coming in more and more, it's moving towards being a more of a strategic function anyway. You've given a great example of how you can use the data they've got at their fingertips, which is so much, and use that strategically to support broader organizational goals in an intelligent way that saves money. I know as a recruiter that talent is expensive. And now yeah. it actually costs our business to find the talent we place for organizations, but also because of the bills that we in, we invoice to make yeah. our, our commercial enterprise work, that it's expensive to find good talent as well. So if you can retain that talent, it just makes good commercial sense. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about more of that as we go through the show. For some of the payroll professionals listening to this, though, or even HR professionals as well that, that tune into the show, they may come back and say, that's all great, Nabel, but actually a lot of the things we're talking about it's, we can identify trends, but we also need need budget. Maybe our, our software doesn't give us the, the analysis we need, or maybe some of the things you want to do just, just requires investment 
from the bottom, you know, from top down, bottom up, whichever way you want to look at it. So what can leaders do to maximize the investment that they can make? And how can they ensure that when they do make that investment, employees, that the important people at the bottom of all this, actually see the benefits? Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. You know, the budget piece is never going to go away. I don't think I don't think I've ever been in any company where someone said, oh, I've got more than enough budget to do the things I want to do. Right? We're always wanting more budget and we've always got to work smarter with how we're utilizing it. I think one of the things that's interesting is if you um, look at any organization or you speak to um, HR or payroll professionals, I'm sure they'll say, oh, we do loads of stuff. We do loads of things to help with well-being. We do loads of things to support um, people's um, financial well-being, mental health, physical health, emotional health. Um, but the, the question mark is how much of that is actually getting through to people in the organization? Um, so within the trends report, what we what we got is a really interesting um, disconnect. This this is of everything that I read in the trends report, one of the things that stood out to me most personally is that um, the report said that 82% of HR leaders said that they were offering wellbeing support into the business. That's really high, brilliant. Well done, HR, we're doing a great job. We're delivering this um, all this great stuff to our people. But then only 44% of employees say that they had access to support. There's a huge disparity between what HR think versus what our people in our organisations think. Um, and so the biggest um, question there is why? Like what's happening there? Why is it we believe that we're providing great support mechanisms, but our our employees are not um, connecting with it? And so when you ask the question about maximising investment, some of it is as simple as, how well are we communicating this stuff in our businesses? Because chances are you've got stuff that you're already investing in, but it's just not being utilised. So we need to get better at communicating so that people are aware of what's available to them and they can take advantage of it. But the communication piece then needs to go two ways. So we need to then be saying to people, hey, we're providing this. Is it what you need? Is it what you want? Do we need to change what we're providing to you? Um, so that it actually connects with what's going to make the biggest difference. Um, because what you might be doing is investing 5K in something that you think is really great. It's not resonating with people. They're not using yeah. it. Well, you might want to bother. So it's better to then reinvest that money somewhere that is going to make the difference. So I think it's very much about how we communicate and we listen to what people um, say is going to make the biggest difference and utilise whatever budget we do have, whether that's a small pot or a large pot, in the best possible way that we can. Have you ever asked yourself, how can I recruit payroll staff effectively? Please don't give up on your recruitment project just yet. Here at JGA Payroll Recruitment, we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting and retaining top payroll talent. We also understand just how costly a poor payroll hire can be. JGA Recruitment are a niche payroll recruitment agency who will partner with you to resource payroll candidates who will improve both the accuracy and efficiency of your payroll department. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more. Yeah, I love that response. It also humanizes the role of the pearl professional now, right? It's about asking questions and being real with people, asking surveys, getting the feedback back. There's a saying that popped into my head when you were talking about that, which is, um, I don't know if I get this right. It's, re it's easy to count how many seeds are inside an apple, but it's impossible to work out how many apples one seed will make. And the reason I mentioned that, right, I'll, I'll make it relevant, is the fact that when you were talking about, you know, when we do this, this, and this, we do, we do our five 
well-being initiatives and that's great but often we can shut the box there going we're doing enough but unless we know those five things are having an impact and people are are receiving them in the right way and utilizing those things it's irrelevant you can count the five you don't know the impact that could have and actually just one of those things could have a huge impact whereas the other four could be doing absolutely nothing and that's analysis piece i I was getting there in a weird apple (laughs) way that's what came to mind tell me a little bit more about um the employee engagement trends report and some of the the key stats or key findings that people can find within that report because some of them are really interesting yeah, I mean, like I've just said, the one that really stood out for me, and I think it's because I read it, you know, from my own perspective as a HR leader, was this disconnect piece. And I think that uh, really resonated and, and made me stop and think. And and I was like, that's, you know, actually, what what do I need to be doing differently? What's happening in our in, in your own organisation to say, well, is this resonating? Is this connecting with people? Um, there's, there's a really um, in-depth overview um, with... Um, lots of insight around um, the difference that we need to make as HR professionals, um, the things that people are saying that they um, they would like to see from HR. Um, it's quite a lengthy report, so I would definitely suggest downloading it. If you haven't read it already pre this, um, this webinar, download it, have a read through. Some of the things I've referenced already around um, the impact around mental health um, and the cost of living um, is called out and explained within it. So um, it's a really broad report with, a, with, with um, in-depth insights that I think for anyone reading it will make you kind of stop and take stock and and really question what you need to be focusing on within your own within your own business yeah nice and for those interested there will be a link as i mentioned before in the show notes so you can go straight through the show notes of this episode click through and access that report as well so okay let's say then uh, hypothetically we've identified some of the things that employees need we've we've taken i've done our surveys we've started to we've secured budget as well potentially and we started to put these programs into place what's the next step then for payroll leaders that have very successfully managed to do that. Maybe it's outside of their comfort zone. They're starting to think strategically. They've got these programs in place. But they want to, now want to maximize that investment. They want to make sure the employees truly do see the benefits. What's What do we do in phase two? Um, I think it's really important that you continuously um, assess whether something's working or not. So we've talked a little bit about communication being two-way. Um, and, and like you've said, you, you you have some examples where people kind of, you've delivered five things, great, tick the box, close the door, we'll move on. Actually, the way in which we support people across organisations is constantly evolving. So you may well find that in this moment right now, what you think is the right thing to deliver is right for right now. But in three months, four months, six months, that that might change. Um, And we can't lose sight of the fact that people's um, needs are ever changing because the world around us is ever changing. Like from a business context, you know, we don't just sit still as an organisation and say, well, this is what we're doing and we stay as we are. We actually pay attention to what's going on in our um, wider marketplace and we have to adjust what we're doing um, to meet the demands of customers externally and we should be doing the same internally. Um, so m- my um, approach on that, so for many years now, I've really lent into kind of agile principles and thinking yeah. about um, how you utilize agile um, within HR practices. Um, agile principles kind of start in the in the tech space and have been around for many decades now. But I think if you take some of the, the basic principles of why in the tech world, um, agile is used as a way of delivering um what's needed for customers in a really effective way it it translates into other areas of the business so some of the things that really stand out for me are constant feedback loops so we've delivered something that's great but how do we then constantly check in with the business to say is this still what you need and if it's not what do we need to do differently Um, 
thinking carefully about prioritization. So that feedback helps to inform how we prioritize what we're delivering. Do we need to deprioritize something, stop investing in it to invest in something else so that we're constantly staying relevant for our people in the business? Um, and collaboration. So again, it goes back to my point earlier where I said, you know, we sometimes in HR think we know best and we'll go, yep, this is what the business needs. Well, let's co-create with our businesses. Let's have conversations with people and understand how their ideas might feed into the solutions that we deliver. So constantly collaborating with our internal customers, our people in our businesses um, to evolve and adapt what we're delivering so that we are making the best possible impact and investing in um, the maximization investment is making the biggest difference in what we're doing. Um, you know, because we're, we're facing really challenging times. We continue to face challenging times. HR is never easy. No. Um, you know, we've got huge impacts um, on our day-to-day -day working. The inflation piece isn't going away um, linked to the, you know, cost of living. The the ripple effects of the last few years, the pandemic still sits with us and we're still working through that in terms of how we operate in organisations. Budget is never going to be something that's easy we're always going to have to be able to demonstrate really well how we're utilizing the budget to have the most impact so um certainly some of those agile ways of working i've found in in my career and my experience have had um a useful um way of being able to make sure we're continuously investing in, and getting the most from our from our investments Sure. I think you, you, you touched on a few interesting points there. Because you, know, you mentioned the pandemic and we're still talking about it, but absolutely right that we do because the impact of it is far reaching. Yeah. The thing we do see is when you talk about agile a lot there, when we're in challenging times, that's actually when we innovate the most, when we need to be most agile and we discover sometimes what really works when we get really torn down to our base base parts and what's working, what isn't. And some of the things that have come out of the pandemic, you know, one is you know, payroll departments, HR departments know who you are. You, you can work remotely. That was never seen as something possible pre-pandemic. We're yeah. now seeing the advancements of, of, of technologies. You've talked about tech stack and it's one of the things that often is the first to start to evolve in these kind of crises. So we can go into that on-demand pay being one element that's really touching on the payroll process. Another one is um, transparent pay slipping or payroll dashboards and the idea of looking at a pay slip, which I think links nicely to financial wellness, when someone can look at a payslip and understand where you're being taxed and where things are going, that I think is quite intuitive and quite, you know, really helping people to understand their their finances better, which means you can make better decisions moving forward. Um, and interestingly, I had uh, Robert uh, Hicks on my sister show, the HRND podcast, back in May 2021. And at that point, you had 1,800 clients. It's growing now to 4,000. So it tells me as well that people are thinking about benefits and reward in a totally different way. So what they were only, what's that, May 21, two years ago, not even that, which I think has been a, a real evolution in the world of not just, just benefits, the world of payroll and the world of HR. Yeah. I guess what I want to get to in, in, in summarising that, that those elements are, is where do you see financial wellness sitting then in the future? Do you see it always sitting as uh, under HR in a sense that HR is responsible for the people element? Or could it sit under payroll where they are actually directly responsible for that payment part of the process, for that benefits administration part, for the transparent pay slipping, the on-demand pay and whatever's to come in the future? We're obviously talking a lot about the evolution of payroll on this show. So I'd love to see from an HR leader's perspective where you see that relationship in the future. Yeah, it's, um, you know, the landscape you just painted there is, you know, is, is absolutely right you know there are so many things that are continuing to evolve and actually this the rate of change and the trajectory of change um gets faster and faster with the introduction of new technology that's what technology does for us right so it creates efficiencies it creates advancements in the way in which we work 
Um, but specifically your question around where do these kinds of things sit? I mean, my view of the world is, is very much around collaboration. So I don't think it sits in one place or the other. I think it actually sits in a, in a variety of places across the business. You could argue that holistically, HR and people teams have the sort of overall um, sort of breadth of sight across an organisation in terms of everything that's related to supporting people to be able to do their best best work um, and as part of that then it's really closely collaborating with payroll teams on some of these new technologies that are coming in to enable people to manage their money more effectively but it's just as much about collaboration into the wider leadership team in the business the management team across the business um, so so I think it's more about stepping away from traditional silos of um, this is my bit this belongs to me and I deliver yeah. this piece to we're an overall organization that needs to support from lots of different angles um, and how you break down those silos and how you work collectively to best invest to um, provide the best possible support rather than it being one place versus the other yeah nice so picking up on some of the words you use there you use leadership you use management silos support investments with all that in mind we've talked a lot about the employee experience and how you know in I guess reward-based initiatives can really support their well-being and financial health and things like that. What about the leaders themselves, though? If you, I don't know if the report's given any analysis or any stats, but what can we do to help support the leaders to support themselves, if that makes sense? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's a hard job. <laughs> it's a hard job being a leader in an organisation, um, role modelling the right behaviours, supporting people as best as you possibly can do, given the, uh, the scale of impacts that we have um, from the from the wider world, you know some of the things that we've mentioned already around um, inflation and pandemic and and you know Brexit and all those things that are hitting organisations. Um, and and I think again, this is where HR has a role in partnering with leadership teams and management teams across organisations to support them in terms of their resilience. Um, and their kind of, I mean, I call it bounce back ability, right? So every day you're facing into different challenges. So how do we help leaders to um, effectively bounce back in those challenges as well as they can? So they've really got strength in their resilience, um, but also then how they in turn um, support across organisations. So the whole business has got a good sense of bounce back ability and resilience. Um, and that doesn't necessarily come easy, but it all loops back into wellbeing um, and the strength um, that people have around their mental health, their physical health, their emotional health, um, and the things that we're doing to encourage people to take care of themselves, um, to make sure they have downtime so that they can actually recuperate, recharge and be on fine form to be able to do the best job that they can do. Um, and this is why the wellbeing piece is, is so important overall. Um, I think there's another piece that, that you can explore as part of this, and it's one of the other things that you'll see as part of the trends report, but that the power of recognition in organisations and yeah. how that helps people feel. Um, so... You know, one of the things that came out of the report was a, a piece around the impact of just saying thank you. So 72% of people said that their well-being would improve just through some simple appreciation um, and encouraging leaders and role models and managers and businesses to just take the time to say thanks. You did a great job. I really appreciate and I really value you because that just makes you feel good. Um, and just those moments where someone thinks, oh, gosh, I'm I'm working really hard and actually someone said thanks. I feel appreciated. It can have a huge 
lift on how someone feels. Um, now, of course, that's not going to take away someone's life pressures or financial pressures, but it can contribute to creating a better culture across a business that people feel safer in, they feel valued, they feel appreciated. Um, and it can really be as simple as just saying thanks to people when they've when they've done something that's been that's been a good piece of work. Absolutely love that. Words are so powerful. And we can take them all forward. And thank you. And you've done a great job and how that makes people feel. I've talked a lot on the show, both shows, in fact, in the past, that actually these are things that we can often do for free as well. So if you can even thank an entire team with a LinkedIn post. It's yeah. often way more powerful than actually spending money on, you know, doing something internally that no one ever sees. Because they're the things that get shared with family and friends and look, mum, cousin, whoever it is, this is what I've been doing. This is what I've been so stressed recently. And look at what look, look at the outcome. And these yeah. are often free things, which I think is really, really powerful. I love the bounce back ability term. I think it was first coined on Soccer AM. I'm a football fan. So yeah. I'm quite happy <laughs> when you brought that one up. Um, so I guess one question I wanted to ask you, because you've, uh, as my introduction kind of lent towards, you've got a, a really impressive background working in senior HR leadership roles for major companies like Virgin, Mobile and others. Moving into this, I mean, I'm sure reward is always part of your remit in those roles as well, but moving into a reward-focused business, as Ward Gateway is, and I'll ask you to tell me a little bit more about Ward Gateway in just a moment. What's been your big, your biggest learning curve or, or biggest surprise of whatever way you want to tackle that question? <laughs> but in, in relation, in, in terms of how reward relates to to employees and perhaps, you know, if we think we know it in HR and suddenly you're immersed in this world and it's not exactly how you thought it was. Yeah. Um, well, I think actually it's, it's a positive spin because, I mean, you mentioned Robert earlier and and um, his role at Reward Gateway. And, and what I've walked into is an organisation that um, provides the most amount of benefits and reward that I've ever experienced in any other organisation. And that's come from years of work of building up that foundation. In fact, I think we've got almost 70 different benefits that we offer to our people. So please don't get me to list them all because I won't remember them all. But they're so broad. Um, some of them are really small things that just make the biggest difference and some of them are really big initiatives. Um, so walking into that and um, feeling fortunate enough to be part of an organisation that truly takes care for um, what it provides to its people and realising that that has a direct impact then on the performance of the business is is a real joy. Um, so that's been a wonderful thing to um, step into and be part of with Reward Gateway. Um, I think one of the other things that's really stood out for me that I probably didn't um, quite realise coming from outside into the business, um, but that I'm really appreciating is the depth of insight and data that's used to help partner with our clients around what's the best solution for them and their organisations. So, you know, the fact that we've done this extensive trends report and that insight helps us to shape what our um, products look like so that we can provide really great solutions for what organisations need at this point in time. Um, so that piece around data and insight, you know, we talk about that in the HR profession and we talk about being um, kind of evidence-based in our practice. Um, and I think we can continue to get better at that. Um, I think if anything, payroll people are probably naturally more analytical than wider HR people. And so that's great. We should be leveraging more of that because the the sort of analytics and the data and insight that we can use to um, help inform the decisions that we make to 
um, help us better prioritize I think it's really powerful so um, so actually it's been a it's been a really joyful thing for me to be able to come in as a HR person that's worked in lots of different industries across lots of different businesses but now be part of a business that is all about HR and people um, it's a really great great space to be. Yeah nice fantastic and one thing that's really interesting from my perspective when I'm looking in is that report has been generated from feedback you've asked people they've responded and you talk yeah. about insights well that's giving you awareness awareness leads to insight insight leads to action and now you can action and do the things they want and actually this is something pale people can do they've got access to data they've got access to information will allow them to ask their employees whatever they want around what will what they're happy about you know, do they want different in terms of the way they're paid the way their benefits are done what are they using what they're utilizing they can look at the data and the analytical mindset you mentioned what benefits currently are being utilized what aren't working where are we losing investment and i think all of this is is, is actually is, is is all about the evolution of the payroll professional this is about humanizing the world of payroll being more strategic and using your analytical skills wisely and just asking more about what your employees want we made a simple change here as an entrepreneur of a small business business i never realized the impact it could have but we used to we've always committed certain things to charities but we've defined as owners what that charity is this year we've changed it and said actually every employee has a charity day they can take a day off work paid and they can do whatever they want for charity would you rather do that would you rather have a corporate we choose that and they've all opted for their own charity and actually we i never knew but historically we've probably been asking them to do stuff for charity they're not even invested in and it's just had to ask the question and yeah i love that example it just and that's exactly it right ask the question and actually that will have had no negative impact on your business, making that change away from a corporate charity into whatever people want to support. Um, but then positive impact in terms of engagement will be Im- immeasurable probably with the the way in which people feel and how they uh, they will recognise that that's had an impact on uh, things that they genuinely care about. I love cool. that. And if you'll listen to, which is so important as well, you mentioned earlier, just kindness is yeah. words or, you know, manners and kindness cost nothing. And we can do yeah. that. So no matter what function we work in, HR, reward, payroll, benefits, pensions, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so last question before we open the vault, um, Nabel, and that is, can you tell us a bit more about Reward Gateway? We talked about it a little bit, 70 plus benefits offered. I've talked a little bit about the introduction, but bring it to life, particularly for payroll leaders that perhaps are at a, a, a precipice now that are thinking, I've got the opportunity to, to change things and to be more strategic and bring different benefits in-house and, and really improve that employee experience. Why might Reward Gateway be the, a potential partner for them? Yeah, for sure. So essentially, um, we're a business that partners with um, organisations and with HR teams to help improve their overall employee engagement um, and the overall experience for employees. Um, and and really, it's about what I mentioned just before around making workforces more res- resilient. Um, so some of the things that we offer really uh, contribute to that um, in the way in which HR teams um, and business leaders support their people. Um, we're we're supporting, like you said at the beginning of the call, over four thousand companies, um, twenty three countries. So we've got a really um, broad mix of size and scale of organisations that we partner with. Um, and what I think we do really well is we're able to adapt how we support our different clients and the different size and scales of their organisations for exactly what they need at the point in time um, that they're at. Um, and the things that we offer are are um, are variety. So we've touched a little bit on the um, discounting platform. So providing a mechanism for employees to be able to um, receive discounts on all sorts of different uh, retailers. Uh, we partner with um, just under 2,000 retailers. So 
so many different people that um that we partner with that enable discounting um we support businesses with reward and recognition so we've touched on recognition in this um conversation but um, we have a platform that enables people to uh, recognize great work in their organizations and and like we've just said we know that that has a huge impact on engagement yeah. of businesses um we have a well-being hub so um organizations can tap into that and the variety of things that we we provide um, and we also have um, ways in which people can utilize our platform for communicating um, and for gathering insights and em- employee engagement data. So it's quite a broad mix of things that we will um, partner with organizations on. Um, and even when you go back to the sort of the, the discounting piece, there are other things that we can build into that, um, like cycle to work offerings, childcare vouchers, um, uh, car leasing lots of different things so um i would i would without it being too much of a plug if people want to know more then then you know get in touch and 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 we can talk you through some of the things that we offer so that we can have an understanding of what might be most suitable and most helpful for for your businesses for sure super and there will be of course a link in the show notes as well to all gateway sites you can click straight through to that very easily just go to the show notes of this episode uh last but not least let's open the vault three short sharp questions a little bit interesting view because they're payroll related and it's always love asking payroll questions to an hr pro so here we go one piece of advice you would give to someone working in payroll right now um stay up to date with all the changes that are going on with um taxes because we, I know I would be leaning on my payroll person to, for me to be able to go to them and go, what the hell's happening? So be the expert for us. Super. If you had the power of foresight and could change the entire payroll industry with one action or improvement, what would that action or improvement be? Wow. Um, zero errors on pay. Yeah, we can't go wrong with that really, can you? It works really well. <laughs> That's cool. And last but not least, I guess in your experience, this might be a different response to what we usually get, but... Um, uh, having worked with Perry and having Perry reporting into you as well, if Perry was a song or a movie, what song or movie would it be and why? <laughs> oh, wow. I've caught you off guard <laughs> with that one. Um, I don't know why it's just coming to my head, but I'm singing in the rain. <laughs> that'll do. That'll do. It's a new one. It's good. There you go. Yeah, no, that's, I bet they do that very well. I think the pandemic showed that, right? They, they, yeah. They've got a good personality, kept it going in the hardest of times. So that's fantastic. And uh, the Hurst, it's been a fantastic um uh, episode today talking about financial wellness talking about benefits how reward um, offerings can really improve the employee experience of course if those want to find out more you can find Nabelle's LinkedIn profile in the show notes along with her Twitter profile Reward Gateway site and of course most importantly and I recommend you do this and read it get the employee engagement trends report as well. So do click through to the show notes for that. And of course, we've talked a little bit about how expensive it is to replace talent. What I will say is it's cheaper if you only replace it once. And to do that, I would recommend working with a specialist agency like myself. So if you do have a payroll vacancy you need support, get in touch with me or any of my team at jgarecruitment.com. Once more, there'll be a link to our website in the show notes as well. Just leaves me to say one huge thank you to Nabel Crowhurst for joining me today on the Payroll Podcast. And look forward to being the next episode real soon. Thank you, Nabel. That's all for this episode of the Payroll Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today and gained valuable insights and inspiration to advance your payroll career or your payroll operation. If you haven't already, please, please do subscribe to the show so you never miss a future episode. And if you found this podcast helpful, please take a moment to leave us a little review on your preferred podcast platform. It's your feedback that really helps me to improve the show and of course, attract new listeners so we can continue to raise the profile of the payroll industry for all. 
Finally, if you know anyone who could benefit from this payroll podcast, please do share it with them. Let's spread the word and build a vibrant community of payroll professionals worldwide. Thank you, of course, for listening. My name is Nick Day. Please do look me up on LinkedIn and send me a connection request. In the meantime, I look forward to being with you again on the next episode of the Payroll Podcast real soon.